successful people have conquered the temptation to give up. And that is today's Morning Moxie. Welcome to the Morning Moxie Show. I am your host, Alicia Sharp. And today on the show, we have John Maxwell. And this is part one of a three-part message. And he is talking to us about going from ordinary to extraordinary. Here's John. If you want to go from ordinary to extraordinary, number one, you're going to need a little extra effort. Just a little extra effort. You're just going to have to do a little bit more. In fact, do you see the quote in your notes? The person on the top of the mountain didn't fall there. <laughs> did you ever see somebody on the top? How did you get there? Was there an escalator on that mountain I didn't see? I mean, did you take a helicopter? How, how did you get there? Several years ago, I did a tape, a lesson called Going to the Top. And in that lesson, I talked about how do you get to the top? And, and one of the things I said is, if you want to get to the top, you have to get up to go up. Because <laughs> I know a lot of people that they've never gotten up yet. You know, <laughs> they, they think somebody should come along and carry them up to the top. And, and I said, if you want to get to the top, you have to give up to go to the top. And the higher you go, the more you have to give up. If you're going to be a mountain climber, what you don't do is get a whole bunch of gear and say, I'm going to take it to the top. No, you, you, you try to do as, take as little as you possibly can because you know that the higher you go, the less you can carry with you. A little extra effort in your notes. Ask yourself these questions and then listen seriously to the answers. What do I really want? What will it cost? Am I willing to pay the price? When should I start paying the price? Here's what Danny Cox said in his book, Leadership, When the Heat is On. If you don't answer the last question, let me get the last question in front of you again. When should I start paying the price? And make a commitment to, to a start date. The first three questions really do not matter. The best answer, of course, is now. Achievers choose what losers won't and pay the price that others don't. The other day I heard that 91 million Americans every year make a New Year's resolution. Let me ask you a question. Just raise your hand. How many of you have ever made a New Year's resolution? Let me say, <laughs> oh, it looks like every one of you in this room have made a New Year's resolution. Now let me ask you another question. How many of you, after you made the New Year's resolution, a couple, three weeks later, had already left that resolution. Let me see your hands. Come on. Okay, good. I just, I, I knew you had good intentions with the first question. I just wanted to see if you were truthful with the second one. Here's what they say. 91 million Americans make a New Year's resolution every year, and 70 million Americans break it in the first week. A little extra effort is what it takes to be extraordinary. Go to your notes. The following challenge was issued in the 1992 graduating class at the University of South Carolina by Alexander M. Sanders, Jr., Chief Judge of the South Carolina Court of Appeals. Here's what he said. As responsibility is passed to your hands, 
It will not do as you live the rest of your life to assume that someone else will bear the major burdens, that someone else will demonstrate the key convictions, that someone else will run for office, that someone else will take care of the poor, that someone else will visit the sick, protect civil rights, enforce the law, preserve the culture, transmit value, maintain civilization, and defend freedom. You must never forget what you do not value will not be valued that what you do not remember will not be remembered, that what you do not change will not be changed, and what you do not do will not be done. You can, if you will, craft a society whose leaders, business, and political are less obsessed with the need of money. It is not really a question of what to do, but simply the will to do it. The will to do it. What's he saying? He's saying that if you and I want to go from ordinary to extraordinary, it's going to take a little extra effort in marriage. Do you know what the difference is between an ordinary marriage and an extraordinary marriage? My wife Margaret's here tonight. We've been married for 33 years, and she's only 37. You know what, you know what takes a marriage from ordinary to extraordinary? A little extra effort. Do you, know what, do you know what takes a friendship? Do you know the difference between an ordinary friendship and an extraordinary friendship? A little extra effort. Do you know what the difference is in work between a person that does an ordinary job and someone that does an extraordinary job? A little extra effort. John Wooten, who is the greatest college basketball coach ever. I'm excited. I'm going to, in February, I'm I'm going to be out in California. I'm going to have breakfast with him, and we're going to talk. John Wooden said this quote in your notes, doing your best is more important than being the best. And every great accomplishment begun with a willingness to try a little extra effort. As I look back on my life, I can tell you that I have some regrets because I didn't give that little extra effort. I can think back several years ago when the in Berlin, when the wall was coming down in, in, in Berlin. And I, I remember talking to Margaret and, and, and saying to her, we need to get the kids on the plane because Margaret and I both have a huge love for history. I said, we need to get the kids on the plane. We need to go to Berlin. We need to watch them knock the wall down because this Iron Curtain is falling and this is, a, this is probably the greatest event in, in the last 50, 60, 70 years of American history. And we didn't do it. And I've always regretted it. Just a little extra effort. Just a few extra days out of my calendar. And I could have held and cherished an event with my family that I would hold the rest of my life. And every one of us in this room know what it's like to, to come up to something. And, and if we just put out just a little bit extra effort, just a, an extra hour, one more thing. We could have gone from ordinary to extraordinary. Number two, the second thing I would share with you of going from ordinary to extraordinary is a little extra time, a little extra time. My friend Peter Lowe said this. He said, the most common trait I have found in all successful people is that they have conquered the temptation to give up. That is a huge statement. I'll repeat it one more time. The most common trait I have found in all successful people 
is that they have conquered the temptation to give up a little extra time. Perhaps you've heard me, if you've been in a conference of mine, talk about the fact that we overestimate what can happen in an event and we underestimate what can happen in the process. And when I'm teaching that, what I'm basically saying is too many of us put way too much stock in one meeting or one book or, 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 or one song or, or one lecture. And we kind of think that that one event will make us when that never does make us. It's the process. It's the time, the day in, day out, that we're willing to commit and spend that really makes the difference. That's why in my book on the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, I talk about the law of the process. Leaders develop daily, not in a day. Let me give you some thoughts about time. Thought number one, wrong perception causes many people to quit. In fact, the moment that you say, I give up, someone else is seeing the very same situation where you just said, I give up, someone else is saying, this is my great opportunity. Isn't that true? One person's yelling uncle and getting out of the ring, and the other one's saying, oh, this is my chance of a lifetime. It's our perception, wrong perception, that causes us many, many times to give it up. Number two, if you start for the wrong reason, you'll stop for the wrong reason. This is very true. When a person is going to stop something, I always want to know why they started. I can remember sitting down with a friend many, many years ago, and he said to me, because I was a pastor in my background and for many, many years had the joy of pastoring a church, and, and he, he looked across the table and he said, I'm going to give you five reasons why I'm going to quit the ministry. <laughs> I just started laughing. Well, I said, I can give you ten if you want. <laughs> I've never been impressed with somebody's reason why they're quitting. I can tell you, I've never seen a job that you didn't have a dozen reasons why you wouldn't want to quit. I could watch him as he just kind of backpedaled, and, and he looked at me, and he said, well, well then what would, you, what would you want to say to me? I said, I want to ask you a question. Why did you start the ministry? You've got to go back there. In fact, let me say this. Listen carefully. Before we get into five reasons why we want to quit something, how about going back and give me a good reason why you wanted to start something? If you have the right reason for starting something, you'll have the tenacity to give it a little more time. Number three, don't confuse slowing down with stopping. <laughs> I live in Atlanta, and um, traffic's terrible. Traffic's terrible. And this summer, we were in a kind of a traffic jam, and you know how the ramp comes on the expressway, and on the ramp, there was a yield sign. And there was a lady that was just stopped. She was just stopped. I mean, and everybody's behind it, and people are honking. And I'm saying, I'm saying, she can't hear me, but I'm saying to her, lady, it says yield, not give up. (laughs) 
don't surrender. You see, there are a lot of times we get tired and we have to slow down. Isn't that right? There are a lot of times we have to kind of take a break. I'm not talking about that. Understand the difference. Don't confuse slowing down with stopping. Number four, perseverance and patience are a result of seeing the big picture. How can you and I persevere and be patient? It's because we see the big picture. Let me explain. The stonecutter, with his hammer and chisel, continually pounds and pounds and pounds. And as you watch the stone, there, there is no obvious change in the stone, but he keeps tapping the chisel. And on the what, 101st, 102nd, 103rd try, all of a sudden, here comes the hairline crack. It would be foolish for us to say that it was the 102nd blow that caused the crack. It was the continual hammering on the chisel that allowed the crack to happen. Now, you see, that sculptor has the big picture. He has the big picture. Some of us, we hit that chisel about three times and we give up. We're saying nothing's happening. Can I tell you something? When you're doing the right thing daily, something's happening even when you can't see it. And only people with the big picture persevere. That was John Maxwell, and you can find that clip on YouTube if you search under John Maxwell going from ordinary to extraordinary. You can also find out more information about him at his website, johnmaxwell.com. Hope you have an amazing day. We'll see you tomorrow.